sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another week, another episode, another... You know, the passage of time, again, continues on, and more content flows into you, you know, your welcoming arms, with another episode of The Beer Engine. Oh, God. No. Don't do it. Yes, I'm stabbing you with my content knife. You're bleeding out with knowledge. Oh, God. And, uh... On the other side of the knife, we're also holding a knife. I don't know. Maybe he's holding a spear. Uh, it's our very own, uh, the Australian Woj, they call him. Uh, it's Tony. He's the Australian Woj. He's here to break down all of the most important trade deadline news about various Australians. So, Tony, what's the big news? Is ben, So, Ben Simmons still in Philadelphia. <laughs> he's- Andrew Bogut still retired. What else you got for me? Uh, Joe Ingles, still in Utah. I believe... Oh, Joe Ingles, yeah, sure. I believe Dante Exum still on the Houston Rockets. Damn, really? Oh, my God. Matthew Dellavedova still on the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's not true. Come on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Matisse Thibault still on the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, he's good, yeah. Yeah, but little known fact that Matisse Thibel will be playing for Australia in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Oh, he's the- going to be dangerous as like a defensive player. I mean, at least he'll annoy someone. I don't know how that team's going to be. I mean, certainly not going to be a bad team. But- On the defensive end, we're going to be great when you think about it because, okay, if Paddy Mills starts, that's not going to be great. Mm-hmm. Still in San Antonio, Paddy Mills. There you go, another Aussie. But you've got Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel, and even though Joe Ingles is not laterally quick, he's a very, very crafty defender. There's three. And you can add, put Aaron Baines in that mix, still a Toronto Raptor, by the way. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Baines, you'll get dunked on a bit, but as a as a 4-5 combo, he and Simmons will be good unless they put Simmons out on the defender as a perimeter defender, which they could at the Olympics. They could. You're tough, tough on he'll, – he'll guard LeBron in the, or whoever our three is and – Hey, uh, now I was excited. Speaking of defense, now I'm getting excited about the defensive lineup that the Bulls are going to trot out if they play Kobe White, Zach Levine, and Vooch in the same lineup. <laughs> That's going to be pretty good, isn't it? We're going to score 140 and give up 150. It's pretty good. It is, but at least you're going to have exciting basketball, which is more than you can say for the um, the Gar Pack's former front office. Oh, my but- God, yeah. At least you're making competent moves. Um, you look at some of the other moves around the NBA that just don't make a lot of sense to me. Um, JaVel McGee to the Nuggets doesn't make sense to sure. me. JJ Redick to the Mavs doesn't make sense. Rim protector, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. To the Where is he going? To the Mavs. The Dallas. Mavs need shooting, yeah. but does JJ okay, Redick no. this year provide that? Because he's shooting like, 28% from three. He'll shoot him. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he will. He will. But are people going to bother to defend him? It's like people always right. talking about Simmons developing a three-point shot. That's fucking meaningless. I, I get that he needs a, a mid-range shot. But mm-hmm. when Giannis sits out at the three-point line, good defenders don't go out to him because he shoots it so inefficiently. He's like at 
six percent. It's just useless to defend Giannis out there. Mm. Let him shoot that. Don't let him get to the rim. Um, Rondo, well, more the other side of that deal, Lou Williams to the Hawks is a an odd one for the Clippers. That doesn't you, make you a could, lot of sense to me. You could tell me Lou Williams is 60 years old. I don't know. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Uh, yeah. But is Rondo going to help the Clippers, though, return, in return? Well, it depends on what they want him to help him do, right? I mean, he's old. So what is what is he there to do? Is he there to be some kind of coach type figure, or that's what Kawhi is? Is he there to Kawhi. do something? You know, what's he going to do? I mean, he's pretty old. He's uh, he he can maybe. I mean, he he can go off in the playoffs if they can keep him healthy. So if you get playoff maybe. Rondo, but you only get playoff Rondo yeah. once every four years. That, that's the odd thing with um, with Rondo. Yeah, but the, running out of time for that. Yeah. But the Orlando Magic, who I thought had a chance with the new playing system to be bottom of the playoffs, absolute fire sale there. Let's let's go See through you. the non-Chicago one or the non-Chicago two. Um, Evan Fournier to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. If you remember him, he used to rock the ponytail. I, I do. Now he's, he's completely French. bald. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got, of course, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. Which Who is, I forgot was still playing, honestly. And I guess I, I'd i recognize him if I saw him, but for some reason he just, like, slipped my mind as a guy that was still relevant. And and he is – I mean, he is exactly what he's always been still. He never got any better. Yes. Um, he's yes. just sort of the guy that he is. But, um, I mean, it's still a useful player, presumably, right? He's one of those players that the fans – Love on a potential basis that he's going nowhere, that has reached his potential because his True. plays are spectacular. The the handful of plays he makes in a game, but nobody looks at his his lack of intensity on both sides of the ball for ninety percent of the game. They look at those one or two spectacular dunks and think, "Man, this guy's got potential." But for ninety percent of the game, he's just in a gear that isn't isn't really high enough for the NBA. Um, and there were no like earth-shattering moves today, like Bealitza. The, the old depot thing is probably the biggest deal, right? Yeah, it is. But does it still move the needle for the Heat? The Heat needed somebody no. like Oladipo, and yes, they are moving up the Eastern Conference standing, and they played well the last ten to fifteen games. They got off to a terrible start, but do they have the firepower to even compete in the East? When you look at the top of the East. Um, I'm not sure whether they do have enough firepower. I don't know what your thought is because you would be actually watching more of the East than the West with Chicago yeah. being there. I think the uh, I think the the thing they're hoping is that they can round out. They have good enough coaching and a good enough competitive team on both sides of the ball that can st- still cause trouble in the playoffs. I don't think anyone's going to think that they're going to. I mean, nobody expected it last year for them to beat Milwaukee in the well, you did, but nobody <laughs> else uh, in the in the conference semis, right? So if they come back and well, if they can get everybody healthy and get some chemistry uh, and be able to score baskets in the last five minutes of the game, I think they're still pretty scary because I think Milwaukee still has the jitters a little bit. So oh, Milwaukee still uh, has we'll the jitters, but you've got right two here. other teams at the top of the East at the moment. You've got Philly, who's number one. You can debate right. whether they're real or not, but I think with the lack of Embiid and 
just Simmons and, and Harris at the top of the Philly team and they've gone on a, on a win streak, I think it shows that they do have the depth that, that goes back to that playoff series that they lost to Miami a couple of um, – not to Miami, to the Raptors a couple of years ago. I think that shows mm. that Philly are a much better team than last year. And then you've got them taking on Brooklyn. I can't see them, Miami, putting a scare up Brooklyn. That, yeah, it, maybe not. If I, it becomes a shootout, I, I, it's not just not going to happen and they don't match up well with with the three gun scorers. Brooklyn's either exploding or imploding or not imploding at any given moment. So I, I, that, that, that situation seems a little tenuous to me. Yep. Let's see if they get through one. If they can get through one season, then maybe they can get themselves a ring, but... Uh, I, don't, I don't feel, for some reason, something about that feels very uncertain. Uh, maybe it's just, maybe it's the combined history of all of their three best players. Maybe is uh, causing me a little bit of uh, uneasiness with that team. But um, now honestly, uh, with, with with regards to the Bulls, like, they have nothing to do with the Bulls. They might as well be in another conference because the Bulls are in, like, the, the bottom quarter of the East. <laughs> it's not like they're ever touching any of that. The Bulls are worried about the Orlando's and the uh, whoever else is down there in the in the bottom. The, Indiana, you know, Detroit, Toronto, Indiana, Cleveland. Indiana, yeah, they're they're really the only ones. But I would even say that Cleveland are out of it. So it's really Toronto, Chicago, uh, yeah, Indiana, Indiana and Boston uh, fighting yeah, out Boston, for that that last spot. Orlando are definitely out of it. They're yeah, they're, they're done. They're done. But for me, what it does is probably she secures. Chicago in that seven to ten range, probably towards the bottom of that for the the play-in range, and they'll probably match up well against those those seven to ten sides. Teams, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be good. They're going to be tough the last half of the year. They, they're going to score. Yeah, they're going to score. <laughs> you, ma- you match them up against Indiana. I think that's that's going to be an interesting season. I don't know whether they can beat any of these teams. You match them up against Boston. Boston. I think that's going to be interesting. If they get matched up against Toronto, that could be interesting. Um, Atlanta, I, I'm thinking, could while they're hot at the moment, they they go through blocks where they lose ten ten in a row. So they they could slip down into that grouping, and the Knicks, of course, could could slip down there as well. So there are a couple of good matchups for Chicago. I don't think you'll make it out of the first round of the playoffs, but the fact no. that you're in them um, and have the opportunity hey, to first time in a while. Yeah, first time since the mini, mini, the uh, the our big three, the Jimmy and Wade and Rondo, big three. What a big three that was, huh? <laughs> Does this uh, uh, get you excited to say the the start of the Tibbs years, or you just think it's it's nice to be off that bottom part of the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I think it's that. I think they're a long way from being good, but. Um, it's a start, right? Now you have a, now you have assets. You know what I mean? Now you have some like valuable pieces that can do something together, um, instead of just being like little chess pieces that sit in a big pile somewhere. You know, uh, yep. these guys could actually like potentially play together in a way. You know, <laughs> instead of all being totally disparate little units. Plus, the coach is pretty good. I mean, well, everybody everybody kind of picked on Billy Donovan, and I I, I mean he's still not like he's not a tactical wizard, but he's at least like competent and professional you know that's what i was going to say compared to the last couple of coaches you've had and i wasn't a rap for billy donovan but compared compared to jim boylan man 
Oh God. Yeah. He has a system. There is a system. It seems like they play with some sort of like coherency. They have a rotation of some kind. And honestly, I can, I don't love the way they rotate, but they have a player rotation that they tend to stick to. Yep. To some degree anyways, you know, so you're like, okay, this is a real team. Interesting. Um, all right. That's a good breakdown, Tony. Um, what a couple other little bits of random news that I wanted to hit, um, of just like non beer things. Uh, one, uh, thing that, that caught my eye or got me, uh, me a little down today was that, uh, Jessica Walter passed away. Do you, are you familiar with that person, Tony? I know the name, but I can't sort of place it. Did, did you watch Arrested Development? Um, bits and pieces. I need to go back and rewatch she, it. She was Lucille in Arrested oh. Development. Um, yes, I know exactly who that and, is. I watched uh, she's the to... voice of the lady, the old, the um, Archer's mother, in Archer. right? Yeah, uh, in Archer. Uh, so that was sad. Um, I was just rewatching Arrested Development the last couple seasons, which everybody seemed to dislike except me. I liked. Um, uh, I liked him, and I think the reason. One, and you're not going to understand why this is because you watch it so, but I have a belief that the reason people don't like those last two seasons are because they didn't wrap things up like nicely with everybody coming together and liking each other. Um, but how could they ever? Instead, exactly. Instead, the characters continued being the, the people that they were, yep. which is, I think, correct. Um, the correct way to do it, <laughs> right? They still were dicks and they're horrible to each other and horrible people. Um, which is how people like that really are, right? Yep. Um, uh, one of the faults I have with TV lately is that people change too fast. Um, I thought Shit's Creek was a funny show, but I was always blown away at how quickly the characters changed. Um, they would like get nicer very quickly, yep. very fast. And yep. I was like, people don't change like that. That's not real. You know, people will change very slowly or not at all. In fact, most of the time ever, um, they don't change ever. Uh, they continue just sort of bouncing around to the same cape to different like problems and capers over and over again, just is more like arrest. It's a little less crazy than what arrested development was, but that's just what they'll do forever is the next yeah. bad thing will happen and they'll do something else worse after that, you know? Um, but what they're and probably I, I not taking, people yeah. what they're not taking into account is the way that we've changed in the way we ingest TV, because right. I think more than ever we need to be consistent with character development rather than instant gratification. Because the majority of the way we watch shows now is either streaming them all the right. seasons, rewatching them essentially or at least watching a season at a time. That's the way I think the majority of people now watch TV, in inverted yeah. commas. I think continual um, serialised content is a better term for it, but that isn't as catchy as TV because right. like 90% of the stuff I watch is not on a TV channel. Um, well, yet people, I think people want to see the, you know, just like with Shit's Creek, right? They want to see the family all come together and everybody's, everybody resolve their issues and everybody's happy now. And, uh, I think stuff just ends sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, uh, people just do stuff and, uh, they continue being the same dickheads that they always were. And there's reasons for that. And you see why. And yep. I think people get 
frustrated by that because they sort of wanted to be tied up or see that, well, you know what, Michael finally figured it out, you know, or, uh, but he was always a sucker and he was always going to be a sucker. And, uh, these guys were always me dicks. And that's, I think that's why I've ended up. So if you, if you watch those seasons and didn't like him, I, you know, give him another shot. If you're looking for something with, with Jessica Walter in it to watch, I think I thought they were pretty funny still. And, uh, you know, a little more, I probably spent more time thinking about it than you should just cause I found it weird, oddly poignant. Um, and, and actually almost Lynchian at times with some of the flashbacks, but man, it's just me kind of applying my own problems to it to a degree. That, that's a good um, point about it being Lynchian. I, I haven't watched enough of it in continuity, but I've seen maybe 20 to 25% of the episodes of Arrested Development, and that is a really good point, and it makes sense that they don't wrap everything up if it is sort of that, that Lynchian notes rather than... Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a, a style choice, but it's sort of notes on storytelling. It's, it's very David It's Lynch. got a little bit of that to me. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, might might not read the same to everybody else. But anyways, that was kind of sad. Um, uh, so, you know, hey, watch that whole show again. It's pretty damn funny. The first three seasons are really funny. I mean, it's really classic stuff. Um, other thing, so last week, Tony, we talked about how I got vaccinated. That was kind of cool, huh? That was. Um, yeah, and uh, so then, uh, so what? As it turns out, there are two people in this house. Um, did want to get my wife? Did want to get Kelly vaccinated? Um, also, uh, I was a, a little bit crazy about it. I was being a little bit intense because I really wanted us to get on a similar timeline. Is I guess what I was trying to do. So. Uh, I had a goal to try to get us on the same ish timeline where by, you know, the end of ish April, middle to the end of April, we would be through the whole course of everything. So we'd have both doses and two weeks will have passed before, you know, our immunity had been built up or whatever. So I got on this group called the Las Vegas vaccine hunters. Um, <laughs> and I uh, started peering around in there. It's not anyone stealing anything. There's nobody cheating or lying. It's just people looking for like, leftover doses or wasted um, uh, appointments, doses or half vials or missed appointments or something that would have just never, you know, would have resulted in nobody ever getting vaccinated, which is bad. You know, it's much better to get that into somebody's arm. So I'm on there. I'm tooling around for a couple of days. We, we went over to the, to Cashman field where the, the 51s used to play and they, they have a mass national guard site. there doing it. And you have to, we waited on standby there for a while and nothing came of it. And then we uh, we get home Friday, and I'm sitting there poking around my phone, looking at the group, and I see a message pop up that says, "Hey, text this number uh, if you want." There's two doses available, and I'm like, "Oh God, what kind of caper is this? Who's <laughs> yeah. this going to be? Am I going to get led into a back alley or something?" Absolutely. So I think about it for a second, and I text. I text it. Turns out it's some pharmacy person, tech, or or pharmacist or something at at a Walgreens um, near UNLV, and. So she messages, or my, I think it was her friend that posted the number or had the number that we texted. So she's like, hey, can you be, uh, you know, if you can be at UNLV shortly, that's great. We'll, we'll put her name down. I'm like, perfect. Um, we don't live anywhere near UNLV. But no. uh, as it turns out, it doesn't matter because nothing's more than 10 minutes away from anywhere. That's true. So we just got in the car, got on the highway, and we were there in 10, 15 minutes. Got her in the door at Walgreens, and it worked. So... Uh, now, now we got the whole house 
on the calendar uh, so that by the end of this, uh, our time here in Vegas, I might actually be able to go play blackjack. Nice. Uh, which is pretty cool. Now, so, do you know what, which vaccine she got? Is it a two, two jab? She got the same one. She got the same one as me. Okay. Yeah, the, the, uh, the two, the two shot, uh, one of the two shot deals. Yep. Ours is the one that has the shorter time between jabs. Uh, jabs. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is good. Uh, but you didn't pick, we didn't pick anything. We just, you just get that. You show up and they're like, this is what we got. And you're like, perfect. <laughs> Hit me with it, baby. I would love to get the one shot one, but it just wasn't. I mean, there yeah. aren't enough of them in rotation yet. You you don't really get a choice in the matter. You just get whatever you're given. Now, um, Australia has started its rollout to 1B right. people, and I'm in the 1B classification. Get in there. Shock horror, um, hypertension, and diabetes puts me in 1B. And Yep, good enough. Yep. But the issue for me is our town has one clinic that's administering the jabs not my normal <laughs> clinic but that's how they're doing it to spread out the load there's only and they're only getting 50 vaccines a week and that's fine i want to book myself an appointment the only problem is you can't book an appointment it's internet only and their internet oh site is down and they're not they haven't given us a timetable of, of when they're back. I'm just checking their their Facebook right now, and there, there's still no change to that. They said book through the link. Then you look, there's no link, and then there's an asterisk at the bottom saying that they can't do it. So God knows when I'll get a vaccine. Yes, I could go to the next town over, but they still only have 50 doses, and that's a town mm. three or four times the size of, of my town. Why would I put myself on a list there where my weight is probably four times as long um it's been a shit show the rollout and that's that's on the federal government unlike um our quarantine issues which were which were state-based so um, it'll be interesting to see when we get um that all sorted so um i'm hanging out for it to go live as soon as i can book an appointment i'll be there i'll be in line and I'll be getting whatever jab they give me. And by that Sweet. by that stage, um, I'll be due for a flu vaccine, and I'll be getting that again. This oh, year. Yeah. Because that's also kind of deadly, uh, at least in Australian yeah, terms. Yeah, um, Probably more likely to get the flu than I am COVID-19 because we've currently had 28 days in Victoria of no community transition transmissions. And so we don't even have to wear a mask in the supermarket, the only places you have to wear it is basically public transport, and that's it. Amazing. Uh, you, you don't have to wear a mask here anywhere if you don't want, Tony. Actually, that's not true. Um, but you, you probably you probably can get away with it. <laughs> uh, don't go in. You can't go into a casino without a mask. You'll get your shit kicked in. But um, whatever. It's a fucking mess here. But hey, at least we're, hey, we're distributing a lot of vaccines. We're all patting ourselves on the back for that. So that's something. Um, and hey, I got it. So it's at some point, when do I stop having too much empathy anymore? I don't know. I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, there's only so much I can do for everybody else. It's just sort of like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you anymore. I got the, sh- I got the shot. It's pretty, it's pretty efficacious. Um, I guess I can go do all the stuff that everybody's been doing for 
a year now anyways, uh, still masked up and everything going to, but I could go into a building. So yeah. Um, wonderful. Yeah. I, the way I see it, um, in America is different to how I see it in Australia, at least for the next 12 months is you probably still got a mask up because you've got to protect those that want the vaccine and haven't had it for that that 1% reason, whatever that may be. And then everybody else that hasn't had it um, in 12 months' time, and if they get it, well, that's on them, really. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to tell you anymore. I honestly hear with – we've already distributed hundreds of – a hundred-something million shots. Uh, If you wanted it, you could get it here without lying or cheating. I mean, that's what what Kelly did. I mean, we didn't have to lie or cheat um, or anything like that. You know, if you want the shot here, you could have it. Um, they're going to open it up to everybody here in about a week. And, uh, if you're not getting it then, then. Yep. Sorry for your luck. I don't know what to tell you. you know, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, especially by like the end of May, you, you had every opportunity. Um, yep. anyways, so we're 20 minutes into the show, Tony. Uh, I mean, I should ask you an important question. What is that beer you're drinking and are like halfway through already? <laughs> I'm not halfway through it. I'm, I'm, I've got three quarters left. Um, it's a All Deeds right. beer, um, All right. and it's the last of Aaron's automatic orders. So if I want all the Deeds special releases, I'll have to order some of those myself. Um, this is one of their Daydream, Daydreaming series. This is Daydreaming in Autumn. It's a double dry hopped hazy pale. Yes, you can't see through it. It is really delicious. I think it's actually their best Daydreaming beer. I've had their Daydreaming summer and daydreaming spring um this is um really really nice and not overly hopped only 14 grams per liter which for deeds double dry hop is not huge um and it's but the thing is it's got the hops that we were talking about last time that you've seen a lot of lagers in the new school scuff in the italian style lagers those new zealand hops so We've yeah. got there's a little bit of mosaic, but the others are Kohatu, um, and I can't, mm. can't. The other two, I know how to say them, but do you think my mouth can get around them? Fucking New Zealand names, they're the worst. Um, but they're New Zealand noble hop variants, um, really, uh-huh. really delicious, um, super drinkable. Five point seven percent, so not a not a huge beer, and especially by deed standards. Super crushable. I could crush a four-pack of this, but my wallet could not afford it. Really, really delicious. I actually think this is one of the best beers I've had in a good little while. Um, That's great. Packaged on... Uh, checking the date code in that thing? Yep, yeah. I am. Packaged on the 28th of February, so mm. a little under a month old, so still nice and it's fresh. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking Swami's, Tony. We've talked about Swami's. We have. From Pizza Port. Uh, and I'm going to Pizza Port this weekend. I'm loading up the car tomorrow and driving out to the beach uh, for the weekend. So we'll be in Oceanside and Carlsbad. I'm going to hit Pizza Port. going to hit Burgeon. going to hit uh, maybe Stone Escondido, the original Stone. Um, and, uh, you know, do a little brewery hopping. Uh, pick up my Horace bottles. Got to do that Sunday. That's fun. Never have not yet been to pick up my own beers. So that's exciting. to wait outside of a garage and stand around um, on, a, on a Sunday near the beach. So 
that's all right. Uh, I'm pretty excited to uh, get out there, look at some water. It can be 70-something degrees. Drink some beer. Got some hard seltzies ready to go for the trip, so it should nice. be a nice time. So, and our friend, our friend Brian's going to be coming with us. Uh, Brian and, and Jameson are going to be joining us on the trip, so it should be a fun one. So how how long is this trip as far as do you have to travel? Like is it an eight-hour road trip or is it? Four, four hours. I, I say this about Vegas because this is one of the reasons I want to—I kind of want to get out here permanently—is because in Chicago you're four hours from St. Louis. No offense to St. Louis; it's a lovely place, but here I'm four hours from the ocean and the beach. So, um, I suppose, given the choice, uh, considering all things, the weather and everything, I'd rather be four hours from the beach. But it's literally pretty much the same exact distance as it is from my house to St. Louis to get to uh, to LA. Um, now we're going to San Diego, so it's an extra half hour or so, but, um, or San Diego area, like halfway between. So, yep. um, yep, not a long day. We're going to try to get out in the morning, hopefully be there by lunchtime. That's the goal. Anyways, uh, we'll see how successful we are at that. But, so uh, with the other, um, couple tagging along, um, aside from just, just catching up with them and, and, and generally having a nice road trip with people you like, are you going to be introducing in separate, them? In separate cars. Oh, absolutely. Still, so great, yeah. <laughs> but, but there is something to be said with being, right. even if you're not up super close, being in the vicinity of people. Right, of course, yeah. And even travelling in separate cars and just knowing that there's somebody in your general vicinity that you know right, yeah, exactly, quite sure. well. Yeah. Are you going to be educating them or it's just purely a pickup for you and 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 just drink just gather your beers uh no i i do not believe there will be any sort of uh uh i i think i think their trip will likely entail more they have a house there on the beach that they're going to stay in so i think they're going to be just chilling out there most of the day uh with the kids and everything um We'll probably do a little more bouncing around than that. And uh, I think they're going to sit there and drink, uh, I would guess they're going to drink cocktails. And uh, Brian's <laughs> already got a pre-mix old-fashioned that, that he tried that I really liked. I actually had one that I tried recently that I enjoyed too. So I think he's going to be drinking some pre-mix and chilling out in the sun for, for three days, which doesn't sound so bad to me either, No, it, all it things considered. does not. But do you worry for his health because... He is the well, whitest. Well, in general, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but he is the whitest person I know, and specifically his legs will blind you if you ever see his legs. Like those legs are not used to daylight. Yeah. And he wears shorts now, so that's that's news that I don't know we've broken here, but he wears shorts now, so he is not Mr. Mr. Pants has died. He's now Mr. Shorts. So. <laughs> what the fuck is- I, I still don't trust that those legs have taken any colour, though. They, we've had 35 no. years of, or 38 years, or, or 40 years of, of not right. seeing sunlight. Keep going. Right. Uh, yeah, um, I haven't studied them too closely, but uh, uh, this is, I mean, this is a, it, it's a big breakthrough. I'll say that. Uh, as, uh, you know, the passing away of Mr. Pants. Oh. Is, uh, dead and buried now. I hope on a cold uh, winter's night, though, when he, he's looking to relax, he still gets on a pair of sweatpants every now and then. He shouldn't be giving up those. That's what I would do. I don't know. Yeah, right. You don't <laughs> want to lose those things. Oh, God. Um, 
Very good. So, uh, Tony, what else were you drinking this week? You you talked about your beer. I'm drinking Swami's. Nothing too exciting. Any anything else come up this week that uh, stood out for you? I got a couple. I actually have one in particular that I think you'll be pretty excited for. That, uh, that there, I got into. there was nothing of a super high quality standard. There were there was a Quebec New England style IPA that mm. I tried, and I'm 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 not as polarized as other people by that particular yeast. I, I think. Yeah, I, I don't love it. Yeah, I think it's a fine beer, um, but yeah, it's not. It's not amazing. Um, don't know whether I spoke about this beer last week, but I know I I, I checked it in last week, and that was Hawker's Stout, um, the best core stout in Australia as far as a core range sure. beer. Just a a dry Irish stout, and the That's one that. Other than the one I'm drinking right now that I enjoyed the most was um, Brunicorn Mythical IPA by Downton. It was just a good, solid New England hazy IPA and getting really good scores for Australia. Almost four oh, wow. is the average score. The, the un- unobtainable number of four for a beer in Australia. My God. Um Tony, I had a pretty exciting beer yesterday, actually. Um, went over to uh, Buddy's house to pick up some IPA he bought me from Monkish. And he's, he's like, hey, I'll, uh, I have a lot of extra cans of this beer. Do you want to buy some off me? And I said, yes, I do want to buy that beer off of you. Because it was the double dry hopped version of Pliny the Elder, Tony. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and double dry hop Pliny. You'd spoken about this recently because Pliny, while not available at a Binnie's or a, um, basically a store, is, is pretty readily available, isn't it, um, in the States these days? But you mentioned that... In California, pretty much, and maybe Colorado and a couple other states, but yeah. not here in Nevada. Okay. Um, you can get it in California, though. Uh, actually, the second... When we get to Oceanside, we shouldn't have any trouble finding at least draft Pliny. Um but he had gone out, uh, and I don't know where he picked it up from. I don't know who had it, but um, he picked it up in, in Southern California and, and got it, the double dry hop version. Um, I think some people probably know this as the Pliny for President beer that they made a couple couple handful of years ago, um, but now they're just calling it double dry hop Pliny. And, Tony, it's f- flat out delicious. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's exactly what you would think it's insanely yummy um it's getting a 4.5 on untapped tony um which is wild uh i thought it was tasty it drank super easy i mean really really i mean Pliny drinks really easy already yep this was this was going down real smooth uh now uh, it's, it's is this sort of that um neo-traditional um west coast style ipa that I, I think is coming back or is it? I would say this is, this is neo neo traditional. So it's sort of, I think Pliny is the neo is, is maybe an original version of what we're, we view is that like, I don't know, I guess it's more like a really, really good version of like any West coast IPA. This is probably fits into what you'd call. Yeah, I guess like the, <laughs> the ultra juicy West coast. Yeah. Mega juicy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, because it's not, it's not cloudy. 
No, it's I'm, not cloudy. I wouldn't yeah. expect it to be. I I just expect it to be a like Pliny, but taken to ten and a half rather than sort of like to to thick like orange juice. I I wouldn't expect that out of it. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, now was this another beer in yep, a um, glass bottle, or are they now canning Pliny? Cans, baby. It's yes. canned like all the other ones, man. It's canned up. Uh, regular Pliny is still in the bottles in the sixteen in the Euro bottles. These are uh, these are canned up. And I still got one can left, so I'm pretty excited to pop that. But and uh, that's a beer that killer. you could crush by yourself. That's that's a beer that you wouldn't oh, yeah, have to well. share. I think I have to share it because I think I oh, have yeah, to share it for your marriage. But uh, I w- I would be able to drink <laughs> it on my own. Yeah. Wouldn't have any trouble drinking it on my own. Um, another beer I wanted to mention. Um, was I got some burial cans, of course, this week. Of and course. this week they canned and sent out a collaboration with Fanta Flora, and it is a 16-ounce can of Rustic Farmhouse Ale, <laughs> Rustic Saison. And, dude, this shit is awesome. Um, it is super dry, super floral, just like a teeny bit tart, um, very ester-heavy. And it drinks really, really easy. So oh. that was a big win this week. I loved it. The can of Rustic Saison. You just want to rub um, it in, don't you? Because you know Saison is still my favorite style. Give me anything as long as it's dry. Got a little bit of that yeast character. It can have a little bit of funk or it can be straight down the middle. I love myself a Saison. And that sounds and this like was such a just mi- mix up of stuff. The classic farmhouse beer where it's all mixed up the uh, ingredients. So it's... Barley, raw spelt. It has hysop and nettles, and a select blend of Yopon tea from Asheville Tea Company. This stuff was wild. It was super good. Um, so that was a, a big win. But a funny thing happened with this beer, Tony. I drank this beer, uh, and then I opened a Swami's right after it. And uh, just assuming that Swami's would obliterate whatever was on my palate from this little delicate saison, right? I have never that whatever happened to my tongue from that saison made the swamis taste like eating like raw lavender or like perfume. <laughs> I don't know what I should have eaten like a cracker or something, but that first sip was so bitter, like was so, I mean, it was like eating like a raw flower petal. I mean, it was wild. I was like, "What is wrong with these? With this batch of, of, <laughs> of swamis?" I was like, "Oh, it's probably I said something from that saison." So I ate a triscuit, and then I was like, "Oh, it's fine." It's so weird. Um, so really weird that that beer, um, whatever was on that beer, really affected my palate. Really, it's interesting really that it affected the next beer, but didn't affect your perception of the beer that you were currently drinking. I suppose that happens a lot because if you drink straight down the line lager you can perceive it as really bitter but if you move from even a basic old school pale ale into into a lager they are super super sweet and it's um oh, yeah it's you really interesting up, yeah. how how what you've had previously and what you're going to really affect one another and i always find it interesting when people um get a tasting paddle at breweries and then then just completely mess up the order it's um 
yeah, kind of fascinating. Um, speaking of, really quick, I, I yeah, going off on a tangent. But I had a I had a tasting paddle, quote unquote, for the first time in a long time the other day because Kelly and I went over to Craft House and did a beer and bread flight pairing thing. Oh, nice. Bakery there, and they had five different sourdough type breads, and like a focaccia and a cookie, and then you had this. You got the beers that all go with it. It was really fun. The bread was fucking nuts. It was so good, <laughs> but um, that was really wild. So I had not had a flight in a long time, and I still feel really bad ordering flights. I want that to be clear. I feel what? really guilty because they're a bitch to pour, dude. It sucks. Oh. And the guy was the only bartender working because that place. Did not hire enough people for that, or bring on enough staff for that event. Okay, um, I get, I get that. But if a business is offering a service, I'm not going to feel bad for their mismanagement of staff. And I understand it's tricky, but it's not fucking brain science. Even Ben Carson could pour a flight of beers. It's not <laughs> that fucking hard. And so you shouldn't uh, feel bad about that. But my issue is with like when they just mash together anything out of their range in a in a random cacophony of of an order and just because it be is a light to dark that isn't how they should be consumed no, that doesn't work yeah. and some of the best flights i've had have, have been curated by the brewers themselves and yep. the stouts often fall in the first one or two beers if they're a dry irish stout because they, i think yeah they don't obliterate your palate like people perceive them to and um, that, that's, that's where they fit in their range and they tend to put their hoppy beers um, much later and I've even seen them put some sweet beers um, well before um, like your, your double dry hops and certainly your hazies because you, your palate's got nothing left to give at that point regardless of whether you have a saltine or a, or a um, cracker of some type. There's just nothing that can be done to get your palate back at that point. It's not, yeah. One, uh, so one last uh, uh, beers we drank segment that I will never let die because I, ref- I just, I'm committed to the bit now. Is Griff Slogger of the week, Tony? <laughs> it's time for Griff Slogger of the week. Uh, it's time for the, that's a nice drop, Tony. Thank you for playing that. Oh, hey, I forgot that you played that one. Um, what did I have this week, Tony? Oh, I had Foamer. That's right. That's the lager of the week. Uh, Foamer from Modern Times. Tasty little lager on draft over at Corey's. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's more of a what I would call like a modern uh, interp, right? One of these higher-end craft American pilses now. Um, it was a German pils in style. So, so not Italian uh, pils in style, more German? It was much more delicate. Uh, it was meticulously hopped with tetanang, uh, Tony. So that is whatever that very, means. Very, very German. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a traditional German hop. Um, Pilsner would they would often use that as a bittering addition um, and use Sars as a much later addition to the boil. Um, German pils. Mm-hmm. Um, often uses a combination of those two, where a bohemian pills or a Czech pills, as it's more correctly called these days, tends to use a lot more SARS, straight-up SARS, 
Tetnang is the, the German um, grown hop, and it is a really, really surprisingly clean for a noble hop. Really, really like it. I like it at all stages of brewing, really. If you want that, that noble character, um, really quite delicious. And from season to season, you get better quality out of Tetnang and than you do out of SARS. SARS can vary between sort of 2% alpha acids up to 6%. Um, and the quality of the hops can be quite appalling at times because of the growing conditions. Oh. But uh, Tetnang is much more solid. Well, it was delicious pills. Uh, drank a couple of those on the on the patio there at Corey. So shout out for that. Modern times, they're, they're kicking ass on everything, right? Their IPAs are great. Loggers are great. Their stouts are absolute fire. Um, so good, good one for them. Congrats! Another hey, that's that's at least four different loggers I think I've named in ten weeks of doing the logger of the week. So <laughs> it is. I definitely really definitely know that you haven't done a modern times lager because um, yeah, that um, that hasn't come up because modern times is one of those breweries that I I knew of in its infancy because one of the well-known home brewers on the souring side that made a lot of wild beers was a consultant for modern times while they were actually building the brewery. Um, They have so many locations now. I mean, they have, they have locations up and down the coast. They're in Portland, they're in uh, LA, they're in San Diego, they're in uh, the SF area. He can't get away from there. So um, they're, they're, they're cooking up a lot of beer. Um, Great. So I'll get back to cool ship lager next week. I know that I, I, it's been a few weeks since I talked about the cool ship lager. Um, Hey, one thing we haven't talked about, Tony, is our Discord channel and how people have been talking to us on our Discord channel. You should get on our Discord channel. I'm talking to you. It's you. You know who you are. I, I hear you right now, you know, saying, oh, maybe I should. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. You should get on the Discord channel. Send us a, a message on Instagram, Beer Engine Pod. Send us an email, show at gmail.com. We'll get you on the, on the uh, Discord. A lot of fallout this week from the soup gate, Tony. Uh, some, some real problems. Uh, Tyler's still struggling with, <laughs> with discarding of his soup. I, the guy's been sitting on this soup for months now. I, I'm starting to feel like he, he can't get rid of the <laughs> shit. Um, just sitting in his house. So, um, uh, he had a nice discussion about that. Apparently, uh, I think Tyler's landlord's been lying to him and saying they can't put garbage disposers in there because his house is too old or his apartment building's too old. And I don't think that has anything to do with it. That's, no. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't think it has anything to do with it. Um, so whatever. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm on his side now. Dump it in the toilet. I don't know. What it's, it, if, if we got problems with 100-year-old pipes, then the toilet, it's, it's all going into the same pipes. Yep. Bad news about your toilet. So, um, I, I think the toilet's to fine. The one, the one advice I would give with the toilet is make sure you cover the soup itself with toilet paper. Really helps it flush if it's actually covered. If you've ever had anything float after using mm-hmm. the toilet, cover it with toilet paper. No. goes down like you wouldn't believe. Wow. Well, that's – wow, what a tip. You're just handing these out? Absolutely. Wild. Um, another thing you'll get on our group is you might get some gambling tips, but you'll at least see pictures of people winning before, after they did the that. better, Eddie. Um, 
no no tips, just finding out what I could have done that would have paid me. Just bragging um, that one out of 64 bets that, that has come across the line, that's the one they'll yep. post. Yep, that's exactly it. So our friend Max Allotment was having some success on the first half unders. I think that's a good bet, actually. Um. I know, uh, I know. Our friend Nick's been doing some good, some good betting during the tournament here too. So you can get on there in our gambling channel, and you can see some some wins that people are getting. Maybe, maybe, maybe make a friend and see if you can get them to give you a tip because they aren't giving me any. Uh, we were chatting about the trade deadline today in our group here. Um, you know, just posting beers and stuff. So, uh, in, including yesterday, where I got a delightful shipment from. Uh, the guys over at Mickler San Diego because they got their own shipment in of the beers from Mickler Bauhaun, the sour brewery, the farmhouse ale brewery on the uh, in Copenhagen that's run by the by Aaron Schmidt, formerly of Toolbox out here in California. So I got a couple bottles from them this week, and I knew they were coming. I paid for them, and I opened the box, and I was still like, yes. <laughs> this is so cool. I got these. And I was like, shit, I ordered. I knew I was getting these. Why was I so excited still? But I was very excited. I got Art of Decadence, which is a, um, it's got chocolate and black currants in that one. Uh, cacao bean nibs or whatever in black currants. And then Reed Pesh is a peach uh, farmhouse beer. So uh, super pumped to try those. That'll, that'll be happening soon. We'll crack those open. So. They look delicious, um, by the way. Um, yeah, I can't wait. And I love a good old-fashioned, by the look of it, is that a cork and and cage enclosure? I love a cork mm-hmm. and cage on a beer. Fucking hate wax. Wax can suck no, my I'm balls. I'm so sick of wax, dude. I am done with wax. Um, I don't know why we're doing wax. I, I meant to complain about this a couple weeks ago, but we gotta, we got to stop it with the wax. Doesn't doesn't achieve anything except getting me really close to cutting my the palm of my hand. Um Although I'm, I'm out, it does give people a, a chance to complain that their beer might be oxidized because there's air in between the <laughs> there's wax. There's a hole in the wax. Fucking <laughs> lunatics. Absolutely the stupidest shit. Um, wonderful. So, yeah, get on the Discord. Come chat with us and complain just during the week. And it's stuff that I just forget to talk about in the show, it's stuff I'll just post there. Um, and we'll never remember ever again because whatever, who cares? So. Um, come come chill out with us. Choose a note. We'll get you in there. Um, jump the gun. It's time for that. Yes, it is time for the 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 news. I got important news, Tony. Um, Tony, two big news stories. Well, actually, one's a news story, and one is just me wanting to talk about Seltzer. Um, and this is a news story that I weirdly found and read and I don't think I care about, but I'm going to tell you guys anyway. Uh, uh, Tony, are you familiar with the brewery Ballast Point? Absolutely, because this is one of the beers. I'm not sure whether it's brewed under license, but I can get this at Dan Murphy's. Uh, but specifically a few of the variations, because I know there's 85 different versions of Skelpin. And I love that beer still. I know it's an old school beer, but Ballast Point Skelpin is a delicious um, IPA. 
Yes. Uh, I love Sculpin and I love the citrus Sculpin, like the grapefruit Sculpin. Yep. I think the habanero Sculpin is an absolute fucking nightmare of an idea. Don't ever drink that horrible. Okay. Um, but most Sculpins are very, very good. Uh, I do like them a lot. And, um, it was a big deal when they came out to Chicago with their beer, started distributing. We were all super excited to buy Sculpin. I bought a bunch of it. It's delicious. We love it. There is double Sculpin. Uh, Ballast Point also makes an amazing barrel-aged porter, High West barrel-aged porter. That is insanely good that I love buying every year. But um, a handful of years ago, they opened a brew pub in Chicago. And I couldn't tell you why. Uh, I don't know. So they did. Um, It was in the West Loop. Uh, I never went there. Uh, I was half interested in going, but there's so many places to go. Why would I hurry up and go to a brewery that I would go to in California. It doesn't make any sense. So, uh, they had this place going. It was a nice looking place. They could brew. They brewed on site. They had a brewery on site that they were doing pub brewing for it. And, um, I think we talked about at some point on this show, or if not, it happened right before we started our, our show here was that Ballast Point got purchased by a brewery called Kings and Convicts, uh, which was hardly a brewery. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I had never heard of it until they did this, but they bought Ballast Point from Constellation somehow, mostly because I assume Constellation was losing so much money that they were willing to unload the debt to anybody they could. So they got some serial entrepreneur type guys who could who could build up enough capital to, to, to inherit the debt and, and buy this place. Um, but then as it's turned out, COVID has not helped this place at all since it was probably already struggling. And now the Chicago ballast point is gone for good. Um, so it's out of here. Uh, they are opening a new brew pub in San Francisco now. Um, so maybe that makes sense. I don't know. Um, Oh yeah, they they bought this brewery two years ago. I didn't realize that was that long ago. See, time I'm telling you, time just keeps coming by. I'm never <laughs> just out, out of my understanding. Um. Anyways, so Ballast Points Brewery is gone. Their beer will still continue to be made. It's probably still pretty good, but I could not possibly give one less of a shit about Ballast Point not having a brewery in Chicago. It just does not matter to me. I don't know why they had one in the first place. It didn't ever make any sense. No, and that, that's the question I was going to ask. These these more name breweries, I wouldn't even necessarily say bigger name breweries, actually putting brew pubs into these big metropolitan centres, does it necessarily make sense when a city like Chicago has got a beer culture of its own? Like surely something like a Ballast Point brew pub would make sense in a place like Las Vegas more than it would Chicago, where Chicago's got a Maybe, whole bunch of... Yeah good brew pubs already. I would say one issue is you have to be a really well, like highly hyped brewery with a lot of cred in the industry. And Ballast Point has some cred, but it's not, it's another beer on the shelf. Yeah. It's another beer on the shelf. You're walking down the shelf. You see, oh, Sculpin, cool. Yeah, that's what it is for me. I'll now continue walking unless I really want it, you know. To me, Um, it's not fair to put it in the same class as Bud, but that's how often I see it when I walk into the big chain that I've got sure. available to me. It's in it's in the same section. Okay, you wouldn't go out and buy a case of Skelpin, but you can certainly get a six-pack, and it's not going to 
break the bank and it's not a rare occurrence. It's their regular stock all the time. There's no hype around it at all. There is no – they had no equity in Chicago. Well, now they have a lot of equity in Chicago because the guys have stuck a bunch of capital into it. So I guess they do, but you know what I mean. In the uh, I do in the emotional sense, right? They have no brand equity. They yeah. have no. They don't take up any brain space in any beer drinker's head in Chicago. You're you're if you're if you're a diseased brain beer person and brain person like me, uh, you your brain is split up into like six categories, and one of them is like half acre stouts, and one of them is rev barrel aged shit. Yep, and one of them is off color beers, and one of them, and the rest is all dedicated to lager. So you know, well, none of that involves Palace Point. And the, the, you've forgotten about a very special seasonal beer that you have that takes up a six of somebody's brain: Schlafly Pumpkin Ale. Or Schlafly also- Pumpkin Ale, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kelly uses her brain for that to remind me. I- I've already started drooling in the in my eyes rolling into the back of my head by the by that point. Um, yeah, no, there's a there's just not enough room in the average beer moron's head to spend time thinking about where they're going to go if they want to do a beer thing in Chicago. How long do you have to go down the list until you got to Ballast Point? I mean. I, I could name twenty. I, I bet I could name twenty places off the top of my. I'm not going to do it because that's not very entertaining. No. But I could just sit here and name a bunch of places, and I would have never gotten to Ballast Point if I were either taking a friend somewhere or looking for something to do on a Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon or something. Yep. Just never would have made it to Ballast Point. As a tourist that isn't as ingrained in the Chicago culture as yourself, I would have probably put them as deep, if not deeper, because I just think from the little I know about the Chicago beer industry that that wouldn't be near the top of my list now that's why i think a place like las vegas would be a much better fit um because sure. there's yeah, maybe the maybe four maybe four or five that i would have the little i know about vegas beer culture ahead of them i would yeah. perhaps put a good quality liquor store ahead of them though by the way you're talking about the liquor store oh, that yeah, you I mean, check out all the time there's a brew dog coming to Vegas. I've, yeah. I've said that, right? Yes. Brew dog coming to Vegas. Yep. If there were a brew dog in Chicago, I would have gone there before I went to Ballast Point because they probably have a killer draft list of, of beers from everywhere. And just like if the one here in Las Vegas is anything like every single one I've been to, they're going to have fucking Cantillon bottles. I mean, I'd rather get four friends together. Each of us drop 30 bucks and we drink a bottle of classic Goose. Or hundred percent lambic bio or whatever, you know. Yep, for sure. Uh, then spend thirty bucks drinking eight dollars sculpins. Like it's just it's they they offer nothing. It just <laughs> it drives me nuts. It's just, like it's just a, it's giving me an aneurysm thinking about why that place had to exist in Chicago. In San Diego, it makes perfect sense. It's the brewery that I know and love. I have a relationship with this brewery. I like drinking an IPA there. That's yeah. that's half acre to me, right? I like going there and drinking IPA, and I like their beers, and they have good stout and all that other stuff. Um, but I don't have anything of a bit of a relationship like that with with Ballast Point. So it was a bad idea, and it failed. Well, I'll be goddamned, you know. So there you go. Um, another thing I wanted to mention: um, this isn't news. I mean, it's personal news, so we can fit it into. Hey, hyper it's, it's news, news to it's news to our show. 
we are yes first and foremost even though i categorized this as a beer show when we first started this is first and foremost a seltzer show the it's amount of time care. we talk about even non seltzer content um that's just seltzer adjacent i'm talking smooge is probably more than we talk about beer um yep yeah so. i mean smooge so tony i bought it i bought a, a 48 pack of smooge just kidding uh i can't imagine welcome how to many type, calories is that, tony? welcome to type 2 yeah. diabetes yeah, be in hell welcome to the club just fat. I mean, yeah it's a 300 calories per can in that shit um i did get some new seltzer i and this is a brand new seltzer on the market i didn't had not seen this one um i i went out hunting for some uh i was i was hunting for a for a seltzer for us to take to the beach this weekend and um i was in the store already at Corey's, so i figured i might as well pick it up and it turns out that the guy the gang over at new belgium was cranking out a little seltzer and this one's looking pretty good to me. I'm excited to try this. I'll make sure I report back. Very, very stylish cans. Um, uh, and, and you know how much that matters to me. Of course. I, mean, I think that's pretty well. Um, you know, stylish cans. That's all I'm thinking about. Um, 100% of the time, in fact. Uh, and uh, it's from New Belgium and it's called Fruit Smash. And uh, they have three flavors, Tony. I like all three of these, so I'm going to get your feel on these. Um, so we got Tropical Punch. This seltzer packs a serious tropical punch with real mango juice mixed with guava and passion fruit flavors. Don't know how I feel about guava. I know it's in a lot of non-alcoholic seltzers and a lot of, a lot of flavored products, but I don't know where I stand on guava. The other two, delicious, but guava, yeah. Take it or leave it. Okay. We got the Berry Blast. Uh, Berry Blast is a bubbly seltzer will, that will blast my taste buds with real raspberry juice. Ow. Don't do that. Um, they're blasting them. Oh, see, I'm, I'm big with that. I, I think. Yeah, this sounds, oh, sounds good to me. Yep. Could drink a shit ton of that by the sounds of it. Yeah. Now, here's the one I'm really pumped for. All right. Pink Lemonade. When life gives you lemons, squeeze the seltzer out of those naughty little fruits. Who did this? Copywriting is this? <laughs> Was it you? This life. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Slice seltzer with lemon and raspberry flavors will do you right. Okay. See, I don't. That's not even good grammar, really. Or, or do, nor does it make sense, really, in a way that a sentence might. Um, that does sound good though. Pink lemonade. The the yep. it makes me think of the uh, you don't know what I'm going to be talking about, but at uh, I know it's raspberry instead of strawberry. But um, at, are you familiar with a place called Auntie Anne's, Tony? I am not at all. It's a, it's a place in the mall that makes really bland tasting hot pretzels. Oh, I thought that was called something else, but yeah, you can get them at the airport. Uh, there's other ones that are called like Wetzels or yeah. um, there's other shit. But uh, we had Auntie Anne's, and uh, they had strawberry lemonade, and they had little strawberry. It was, essentially, it was just lemonade, like country time, pretty much, I, I assume, with like a scoop of what you would put on top of strawberry shortcake <laughs> plopped into it. I love that stuff, man. It's so good. Now, um, this is raspberry, so this is not going to be a sweet. And these are only 100 cals, 4.7%. I mean, these are not going to be gloopy. 
So yep. I'm kind of excited for these. They they sound nice and tasty and a little sweet and refreshing and not too heavy. So I'm pretty pumped for these. Now, it's not seltzer, but basically it um, it really should fall in the seltzer class because it's that light of beer. But Dayton's in Australia, they put together a pink lemonade beer, a pink lemonade sour. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just guessing it's a kettle sour because it's so straight ahead. And um, I'm an absolute huge fan of that beer, perfect for the summertime. And it sounds like this may be different to that or maybe you've got sort of a, a different connection to it. But, yeah, pink lemonade beer or pink lemonade salsa, right up my out, right up my yeah, out for I'm sure. Down. Anything lemon, lemon, lemonade, lemon seltzer, um, I'm so down with, right? I love the citrus component in here, in, in this. I'm hoping that the Tropical Punch one doesn't end up being too one note or too sweet. I hope there's another, a little bit of bite. Um, that's one where I, I, I hope there's some kind of lemon or lime or something in there to kind of... Well, I think, out, I think that's my issue with, with, with guava is it makes things too yeah. cloyingly sweet uh, and you lose said- the bite from the mango. It's that dragon fruit thing, right? Where it's just fucking sugar, you know? Yeah. I mean? yep. Now, cool. Blackman's an Australian brewery. They're, um, because we're getting back to normality here in Melbourne, we're doing more events and stuff. So they're doing outdoor cinemas. And so 65 bucks for the movie, pizza, chips, and a pint. Pretty good deal, really. Wow. Um, but I've got to say, their choice of movie is really good over the four sessions. We're not talking new release stuff, but mm. okay. They started off with a bang with fearing Lo- fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Then mm. we, we go to dazed and confused right. super troopers. And then to cap it off pulp fiction, maybe the third best Tarantino film. Okay. Hey, that's not a bad, that's not a bad setup. And I'm so, into that. So it's all done outdoors, open air, um, maximum 30 people, um, deck chair, blankets, heaters, um, and good beer. So if I was in Melbourne, I would be taking advantage of that for sure, but I'm not going to make a special trip down down there. Right. So all, all our Melbourneites listening out there, you know, get out there, get out to this thing, whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, um you know how I had the Viennetta beer last week? Oh, yeah. Did you get a Viennetta? Did you get a cake or whatever? I, I, I did I mean, not. I've just been thinking about that the whole week. I want that. But the brewery that has put that out has also put out a beer for Easter, and it's an Imperial Chocolate Ale. Oh, boy. And it's exciting. It's a... It's B apostrophe Easter egg imperial oh, sure. choc ale. And if my local supermarket doesn't get any of this stuff, I may just have to go online and order it. Um, 9% alcohol. Um, yeah. Right. This sounds better than their, their Viennetta. And it's, you know, I'm a big fan of this. Not everybody is, but it's a chocolate beer with lactose in it. Love a good thick chocolate beer. Who I mean, I, I can't imagine any other way it would come out here. I mean, it, it would definitely have lactose. 
um, you know you're getting it with lactose. Come on, get on the get on there and order it on the internet. That's how all of us drink, Tony. Join the club. Get it out suppose. here. Suppose. All right, Tony. That's enough news for the day. It's time. It's that time for you to be put to the test. The, everyone's favorite part of every show when we put when we make Tony sit down with his brand new glasses there. Uh, you know, not pushing them up the bridge of his nose, but doing it anyway because he's like a little student type guy and saying, "Ari, it's time for my pop quiz." And then uh, I then I you know, have stretched the bounds of space and time and reality to come up with 10 of the hardest problems uh, for anyone to solve the difference between right and wrong, you know, the, um, you know, life or death left or right. uh, You know, um, uh, uh, Democrat or Republicrat, you know, whatever. (laughs) can, can you choose between these and, um, and, and make the right decision? And you can, what we call our version of the game is stolen directly from the guys over at Jackbox. It's called this or that. To me, it's really Sophie's choice, but with higher stakes. It is. So Sophie's choice. <laughs> um, I like that. Uh, the, still so a segment Tony, with no intro, at least on I know, hey. the flagger of the week. I will tell you, I, I did have uh, a person picked out on Cameo to do a shout-out to do our theme for us, but it became too expensive. I was going to get you to Tom, pay for it. Tom Arnold? No. Was it, it Tom Arnold? Specifically for you, for your enjoyment, oh. even though I was going to make you pay for it, did you want to take a guess at who I was going to pick for you? Don't go onto Cameo and look, just take a guess. Who would you get the most enjoyment out of? Ken Bone, I don't know. Close. I think Ken Bone's cheaper than this guy now. Okay. Um, uh, he's into gravy. He's also into beer. Gravy? He likes to consume gravy in large quantities. Oh, Badlands Chugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now he wants $60 a cameo. No. Jesus. Wow. But he's supposed to be out here. I wonder if that happened. He was supposed to be in Vegas uh, where he was going to do something with Joey Chestnut and do some chugging. I don't know what it was. I'll have to look, what that up, look up what that was. Um, and I, after the show's over, I'm getting on his channel because I haven't watched any chug videos in the last week or two. All right, Tony, it's this or that. There's no well. I didn't shove you in the well. I don't remember what I do for this. I think I just ask you the questions and you have to um, you know, see if you're, you've been outsmarted and you're only left to deal with the shame of law of losing and, or I am you know, stuck with the shame of writing a stupid game. Um, and that shame lives with me no matter whether you win or lose, honestly. So, um, I just have to deal with it. Today's game is in honor of, uh, well really, yeah. In, in honor and recognition of the, uh, the NCAA basketball tournament, Tony. I don't know if you've been following it. It's not really at convenient times for you, but um, it's been on nonstop here. Uh, been fun to sit around on the weekend and switch a few games on. Good gambling. I'm getting my ass handed to me. That's all right. And, uh, you know, so I thought we'd do a little game based on that. 
Okay. Pulled one from the. Yeah, we got. Well, I I will say, you know, I play poker with the sorry for your luck guys. I sure. did put in a bracket, and the first round I was leading that bracket. Second round, the max score I could get out of, I think it was two thousand something, was five hundred and forty, yeah. because both um, the University of Illinois and the University of Iowa shit the bed, and I was done. Yeah, the Big Ten really ate shit this week, huh? They sure did. Um, well, you don't have to worry about that here uh, because what I've done is uh, I've culled the, the list down to only the most obscure of schools. So, Tony, you have to. I'm going to read you ten names. Okay. Uh, go ahead and read them one at a time. That'll make it easier for you to do. And uh, you're going to have to guess if these fellows are either – a head coach of a Division One college basketball squad. Okay. Or are they a professional brew he- brew master? Oh shit! There's crossover here. Okay, <laughs> fire away. This is going to be a tough one. It is going to be a tough one. There is really nothing telling you what these are. They're just two different professions that have a lot of people with funny names. Name Fran. So here's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, Let's get my pen here. All right, I did write this on. I'm clicking a pen. You guys can hear it rustling, rustling paper. I'm working with real life paper. That rustling of paper is only second to the one and only Alex Jones. Have you seen that dude shuffle papers? <laughs> he's he's doing it all the time. He's moving shit around. Absolutely. Rustling ball was one that started that, and Alex Jones, being the shill that he is, copied that off off Rush. Only. Wish that Alex Jones got cancer and uh, <laughs> and wouldn't give up smoking. That would be delightful. God. All right, Tony. Well, let's hope none of these guys suffer any sort of horrible fate. So your first one. Uh, first guy's name is Hal Doss. Uh, Hal th- Doss. This is neither. He's a computer programmer. From the mid seventies, he lent his name to the DOS operating system. Uh, if anybody remembers DOS, and Hal sounds sort of like one of those acronyms you would have given to some mega supercomputer. Yes, yep. makes sense. Um, Hal DOS sounds too ethnic to be a basketball coach because um, college basketball coaches are the whitest people on earth. <laughs> I'm it is to, true. I'm going to say brew personality. That's how I'm going to put it, brew personality. Hal Doss is, the, is a head brewer at New Belgium Brewery. You're correct, Tony. So that's, that's one for one for Tony. All right, next up, uh, here's a fella for you. This guy's name is uh, Kino Davis. Kino Davis. Kino Davis. Kino Davis is obviously he's he's changed his name legally. Obviously, huge player at one of my favourite casinos, the El Cortez, mm. who have a live Kino mm. room. Um, but Kino Davis, or, or his mum, was white trash, and she was big into Kino and named him after her favourite game. I'm going to say college basketball coach. Um, yeah. That's correct. Keno Davis was is is the head coach 
of the Central Michigan Chippewas. Named after the Gordon Lightfoot song. Well, the reference in um, the Gordon Lightfoot song, not after the actual lake or the Indians. That's, that's how they got their name. There you go. And where is Central Michigan? I actually don't. I actually don't know. Shouldn't what you know? Because isn't that rather close to you, Central Michigan? About these directional Michigan schools, I know where Western is, and I know <laughs> Western is, is, most, is pretty much in the Central, which is weird. Um, Western's in Kalamazoo, which is right, pretty much smack dab in the middle. Um, whatever. <laughs> All right, next up, Tony. This is a good name. I love this one. Uh, Preston. Sp- Bradlin. Oh, that's Preston a, Spradlin. That's a super white name. Super white. That's that's a guy that um, if I was going to write a Simpsons character that that was kicked out of Krusty's writing room and sung Poor Harvard, <laughs> Preston Spradlin <laughs> would be it. So I'm going to say that. That he's the black sheep of the family and he is a brew personality. Preston Spradlin is the head coach of the oh. Moorhead State Eagles. God damn it. Moorhead, Kentucky. So that one oh, is. I forgot about white collar Kentucky. They fuck me up yeah. every time. Moorhead, Moorhead, Kentucky is, I would say, not. Well, maybe it is white collar. I don't know. I, I'm I not necessarily so. saying that, but obviously he's part of the white collar part of Kentucky. Maybe he's not from no, Kentucky. Sure, yeah, no, he's still, yeah. Anyone in like Georgia or those types of names? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Half these guys sound like they could be the quarterback for Georgia. It's just, that's yep. the name. There better be a right. Cletus amongst this list. Ooh. No, maybe. Uh, all right, next up. Here's a here's a nice one. This is a Mark Luther Paul. Mark Luther Paul. Um, that is a what do they call him? Um, we use a fake name for Mark Paul, Paul Gosler, uh, and I think he's making his way in the brewing industry now after his um, his Saved by the Bell reunion has um, has finished. So I think. Where that was <laughs> So I'm going to say brew personality. That's correct. This is a brewer. He's the head brewer at Lakefront Brewing in Milwaukee. Three for four for Tony. He's doing pretty good. Uh, well, good luck with this one. Here's here's a good one. How about Troy Zitzelberger? Troy Zitzelberger. <laughs> he sounds like a head coach, but not from like a well-known state. Somebody that's got it like a repeat mascot, like a, a team that's the, um, that like a generic mascot. Or something. Yeah, the Wildcats or the, the Bobcats or the um, the Grizzly Bears or the Bears. Okay, sure. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say he's a college basketball coach. Troy Zitzelberger is the head brewer at Third uh, Nature Brewing in Rockford, Michigan. Damn it. Uh, Troy Zitzelberger. Would make this it. actually, if you're wondering how hard I had to work on this, 
Uh, I, he was the name that popped up when I just typed in names of head brewers. And a guy <laughs> named Troy Burger popped up. I'm like, that's a funny name. Perfect. Um, this is easy. Wow. Uh, all right. So next up for Tony is, uh, here's a good one. This is a feller named Dwayne Killings. Dwayne, Dwayne Killings. This is one that goes right down the middle. But for some reason, you don't see many Dwaynes, especially white Dwaynes. Obviously a white Dwayne, not Dwayne Wade. This dude's white. Um weird too, by the way, Dwayne Wade. Ooh. Oh. Dwayne, no, this guy doesn't. Dwayne Wade does. Dwayne Wade's yeah. got the Y before the A, which is the unusual way to do it. It is. Um, so I'm going to say, going back to the well, I can just imagine this being said on ESPN during a, a, a two-minute update mm-hmm. um, about college games that nobody cares about. So I'm going to say he's a basketball coach. Yep, that's right, Tony. He's a basketball coach. He's the head coach at Albany. He's of the Albany Great Danes, actually. That's good. That's actually pretty good. That is. That's fairly unique. Four for six. Four for six for Tony. Next up, I've got Barrett Peary. Barrett Peary. Um, I'm going to have to say that this is a, a head brewer. Um, I don't know why um, Barrett sounds like he's a chiropractor. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's uh, I'm, I'm going to say his, his chiropractic business allowed him to have enough funds to then mm. just slack off and become a head brewer because they're all, we all know that they're not well paid. Maybe he's got some stake in the company now. I'm going to say head brewer. Uh, well, looks like he's closer to a kinesiologist than a chiropractor because he's the head basketball coach. Oh. This, is, this is kind of tough because I sort of mixed worlds here. He's the head coach in at Portland State. So he's sort of oh. he's name, but with the uh, basketball coach job. Uh, Portland State Vikings and their coach, Barrett Peary. Um, so that's, uh, you're four for seven now. Next up, you've got a feller named Colon Busbis. Colon with a K and two A's. Colon Busbis. Wow, he sounds like something to do with an anima. It may be Buzzbice. I'm not actually positive. Okay, so you have a lot of pronunciation guides for coaches at obscure colleges or brewers. I'm going to say that um, everything points to me being into colonics is a brewer. I think Mr. Colonic is a brewer. (laughs) The colonic drinker is a brewer. He is the brewer at a the dankness dojo of modern times <laughs> he is colon buzbus brew official brew man that's five for eight for tony he's got two left 
the next one, this guy's name is Nico Tonks. Nico Tonks. There are a few Nikos in the coaching realm, Um, but I don't know about their last names. Nico could be a brewer too. Um, I think of the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or Mike. Hey, Nico. (laughs) So I think of of Nico Rosberg or Nico Case, um, Canadian country musician. Um, So... Along that train of thought, we've had one sports person, one artist, and we're going to have one brewer. You can't do the math like this looking back in time. It'll never help you. Um, So I'm going to say brewer. Tony Wright, this is a brewer. He's the brewer at Fair State Brewing Cooperative in Minneapolis. And that makes you six for nine with the last one coming up. Uh, the last feller's name is Barclay Radabaugh. Barclay Radabaugh. It's a wonderful name. How white are these names? How Ivy League? Barclay Radabaugh. Barclay Radabaugh. I mean, sounds like a name of somebody from an Adam Sandler movie. It sounds like he's like he the, does, but the prep school principal in an Adam Sandler movie. Yes, but I'm going to say that he is the head basketball coach for the Rhode Island. What would the Rhode Island be? Rhode Island chickens, because there's a variety of chicken that's. Rhode Island. I'm going to say he's their head coach. Well, you're right. He's a head coach. Um, he's the head coach at Charleston Southern University. Um, Close enough. This is a good. This is a good South Carolina name. Uh, Barclay sure Radabaugh. The Charleston Southern Buccaneers. Tony goes seven for ten in the head coaches or head brewers name off. Uh, and uh, that's pretty good. Uh, all these people have very funny names, and they deserve my uh, your congratulations on having very funny names. I have a very boring name, <laughs> Griff. That's all. I popped out of the womb, and they said, "That's Griff." And I said, "Hello, uh, <laughs> you know what's up? How you doing?" <laughs> hey. You don't need to be hey. stuck with it. You hey, can I'm always not, change it. I'm tired. Because Barack I'm, Obama I'm, changed yeah. it from Barry. Everybody knows that. I would have to think of a new name, and all I can think of is Griff. Griff. What about uh, Cletus? You're <laughs> you're very much a Cletus. Am I a Cletus? I don't know. I think Cletus. I think Cletus the slack-jawed yokel might have kind of ruined that name. Okay. How about? Us. How about? Bear with me, Max. Power. All right. Well, we already got Max Allotment, so I think we're we're already starting to run into each other here on the wasn't, names. That's the issue. Wasn't that the name that Homer Simpson legally changed his name to at one point? Max, yeah, Homer did change his name to Max Power, and he changed uh, Marge's name to uh, Hootie McBoobadin, which <laughs> so, like, you could favorite. certainly do that for Kelly. 
even if you don't go with max power. I think we're, I think we're lucky that, that uh, you know, <laughs> we don't have one more listener than we need. Um, all right. Another successful episode where sure was. we uh, maybe only offended, you know, ourselves at least. So that's fine. Um, all right, Tony. Uh, hey, guess what? You can get a hold of us if you're a listener, and you should. Uh, you can send us an email uh, on Gmail. Uh, have you guys heard of this Gmail? Give it a shot. It's on the web, World Wide Web. Uh, Beer Engine Show at gmail.com. You can check, uh, us, check us out on Untapped. Check us out on Instagram. We're Beer oh. Engine Pod. Yes, Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Check us out on Untapped. He's Griff AD on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Where else can people find them? Twitter? You've said that? No? But they can. Yeah, you can get on Twitter if you want. We're Beer Engine Pod on Twitter. Go ahead. And uh, yeah, I would say Instagram is is a is a high point for us. You can come yep, look sure at your is. funny pictures, and uh, God only knows what else we're dumping in there. And you can send us a note on Instagram, or send us an email and tell us you want to get in the Discord so you can complain. Oh, where's my episode? I'm <laughs> so mad at you guys. <sighs> Get on here and yell at us about it. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, send us a note. We'll get you in the Discord channel. It's fun and games out there. So uh, I think you guys would have a nice time if you want to come hang with us. Yep. Um, that's pretty much it, Tony. What do you got? Okay, one last thing. I've got to hit the road because I just messaged my local bottle shop manager and he's got four of those um, Easter egg beers left and he's got some Moondog oh stuff in. I've got to hit the road, pick up some of that along with some... Um, some bent spoke cluster eight, um, which looks really smashable. So I've got to, I've got to get changed, get get a walking, pick those up before they sell out. Sweet, I got to hit the old dusty trail over to my refrigerator. So that's pretty much it for me. All right, thanks, y'all. We'll talk next week later.